everybody, and welcome to the Drip Drop Podcast, the world's first mental fitness variety show. We have conversation, coaching, and comedy. We're going to hear from life experts, from coaches, from comedians, from entertainers, from musicians, from really interesting people teaching all kinds of skills that have to do with mental fitness, that have to do with mental health, things that you wish you knew as a kid, things that you wish someone would have taught you things that we all need, no matter if we're kids, we're adults, we're grandparents, it doesn't matter. Speaking of that, this is a family podcast. Most podcasts are niche for a very specific audience. We are a podcast for the whole family. And I encourage you to bring all your devices, whatever you need, bring them into the living room, sit together and watch this. Because when it comes to mental health and mental fitness, we're all the same age. We're all beginners and we're all learning together. So sit back, relax, watch me sweat, watch my parade of insecurities go by as we enjoy the Drip Drop podcast. Here we go. Today's show is all in yellow vision because it's all about anger transformation. Coming up on the show, we're going to have a rock star in the field of resilience who's going to teach us all about anger transformation. You know, everybody's in love with anxiety these days. But nobody talks about anger. We ask the question always on the show, what is something that you wish you knew as a kid? What is a skill or something that you wish you knew as a kid? Now, for me, as a kid, when it comes to anger, uh, I was voted in high school most likely to avoid conflict. Uh, I had a tremendous fear of conflict, tremendous fear of anger. And this was me as a kid. I'm very, very angry right now. Very angry, very upset, very, I'm so angry. Um, so I had that style where you push it down and submerge it. Like a submarine, we are going down. And I would sit on my anger, thinking there was something wrong with me. And then eventually I would explode because you can only hold it down for so long because anger is a natural emotion. And like all emotions, it's sending a message. And so one of the things that I want to do with anger, just learning, is to take a pause. And this is not rocket science, but still trying to create a pause between our feeling and our reaction. And there are lots of different ways to do that. And of course, one of the simplest ways, and this is a drip drop moment for you. Now, for those of you watching, you're going to see some posters here, some brightly colored posters. Now, this first poster that you see is something that has a package, all kinds of skills. And there's a person who has flames coming out of their chest, which denotes anger. And um, we talk about skills like taking a few conscious breaths. And when you breathe in, say in. And when you breathe out, say out. And then mantras. Everybody needs a mantra something always works out. So breathing and mantras are really easy, but there are skills like lean in, use humor, feel your feelings, slow down. Now, some of these skills are for parents, and some of them are for everybody, for kids too. So there's another one, and it's called Mind the Gap. And Minding the Gap is creating that pause that we talked about. So in England, they have a train, and on the train, there's a platform, and when the trains come, there's a gap between the train 
on the platform, and the person comes over the loudspeaker and says, mind the gap. And so that's where that comes from. But creating a gap between your thoughts and feelings and reactions is really important, not only with anger, but with all feelings, but specifically with anger. Anger is sending a message. And the first thing that we have to do is just acknowledge that it's there. Half the stuff that you see on the news, half the stuff, the tragedies that you see in the world are because of one thing. People don't know how to relate to the feeling of anger. So that's what we're going to talk about on today's show. Also, if you look around and you try to find out education and information about anger, you can't find a lot. But I found something that was really interesting and I wanted to share it with you. I found Al Pacino teaching a master class on anger. Okay, so the folks at Masterclass approached me to give a master class on anger. First of all, I don't teach, I act. A few points of interest about anger. You gotta feel it. Feel! Express! Don't fight. Personally, I'm a fan of anger. So you gotta be open and to blow the lid off every once in a while. I say feel it. Move through it. Celebrate it. Isn't that amazing? I learned so much uh, from Al Pacino besides being entertained by him. But I'll tell you the truth. That is actually not Al Pacino. That is the great Kevin Pollack, my friend, actor uh, from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Mr. Kevin Pollack, one of the best actors we have and also one of the greatest impressionists of all time and a great comic and a very good friend. Kevin Pollack. Kevin, thank you for uh, giving us Al Pacino's masterclass on anger. There's a lot of choices, a lot of things you can do about the way you relate to your anger. And in fact, we did a whole podcast series about it. Myself and our guest, Rini Jane, we did a show called Dear Anger. Check it. Here's the photo of Dear Anger. And you can find Dear Anger wherever you get your podcasts. Now, we know there's a lot of bad news in the world. We hear about it all the time. But on this show, we like to bring you stories of things that are working, solutions from around the world. And we do that through the Squirrel News app. Squirrel-news.net is where you find so many amazing solutions journalism stories that are in the news, but they're just hard to find. And this one, in keeping with our theme this week of anger transformation, is all about an anti-bullying program called the Olveus Program. It's out of Norway, started there, and now it's in over 200 schools in the U.S. And it's a very interesting philosophy, pretty simple. And uh, watch this video, take a look, and uh, then we'll come back. This is the Olveus Anti-Bullying Program. We will not bully others. We will try to help students who are bullied. We will try to include students who are left out. If we know that somebody is being bullied, we will tell an adult at school and an adult at home. Nick just pushed Elizabeth off the space. Thank you for telling me, Alan so it takes a village. That's what we learn. And a community can actually make a difference. Train the community to help the people who are being bullied. 
simple, but a really effective strategy. And it involves all of us all the time. So we have to take care of all kinds of people within our own community. And now on with the show. On today's Drip Drop podcast, Anger Palooza. That's right. Our special guest is a leader in the field of resilience, an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur. Why am I reading it? A leader in the field, a friend, a close friend, anxiety relief, anger transformation, the founder of GoZen.com, and the first lady of the frontal lobe, Rini Jane. How are you able to do all these things? And really, we've talked about this a lot, but how did you envision GoZen and where you started with and where it's come to? Hi, Ed. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me here. Um, how did I start Gozen? You know what? This is just a healing of the inner child. I was an anxious kid and everything I do is I wish I could have had this when I was a kid. <laughs> so it is literally life skills taught um, in lots of different ways that are hopefully fun and engaging to someone, to some kid out there. But yeah, I, I wish I had these things beyond math and science and English and the core subjects in school. You know, I I got those, but I didn't get the life skills. I was lacking in those. Imagine, what do you feel? Why are you feeling it? Can you sit with that feeling? And then what's the feeling saying to you? And then what, you sh what should you do? You know, what should you do with it? Sometimes it's nothing. But yeah, that can take a lifetime to master. It can take a lifetime to master. It sounds so simple when you put it that way, but it's really, you know, the idea that feelings and thoughts, that it's a two-way street, it's a two-way conversation. We used to think that people who talk to themselves were crazy. They're really, it's really sane to talk to yourself and talk to your feelings in some way. And uh, I don't know why it's taken this long, but it's great to see. And, it's, and you do it in animation. And I, I, in fact, I think I'll show a clip right now and then we'll come back and do something. But I wanna show your late, one of your latest series for Go Zen is called Go Charge. And this is about anger transformation. This is about how to deal with your anger. So it is anger palooza. Let's take a quick look at one of Rini's uh, series on gozen.com. This is called Go Charge. You're the worst. Yeah. Where are my snacks? I hate math. Of course, I'm the bad one. Get out of here! Dad. I am not about to talk about my feelings. Imagine if you could meet your anger. You! You're my anger! And you learned to control your anger? Not control it. Listen to it, understand it, and finally, transform it. My friends, I promise you, these are the best tools I have to help you transform your charge. Mother! There's no Charitos! So what we're trying to do in Go Charge and really all of the programs in GoZen is 
you know, give a little compassion to, to the feeling of anger, give a little compassion to a feeling that is just trying to send a message. And, and that's basically it. This, what we see on the outside is the behavior. Usually what we're talking about are the reactions to our feelings and not the feeling itself. And so that's why most people are like, anger is bad, get rid of it, quash it, ignore it, run away from it, whatever you can do to sweep it under the rug is what we should do. But we know that when we do that, our reaction is just bigger. So when we're talking to kids, we actually tell them to think about what anger would look like, what color is it, what temperature is it, what texture is it, you know, where is it in their body, you can even draw a character of it. And the reason that we do that is because we want them to begin to have a relationship with it. And in order to do that, you need to talk to it and have a dialogue with it. And that's best done with a character. And so that curiosity is really getting to know your anger. You can do the same thing as a teenager or an adult. You don't have to be a kid, but kids are very open to this idea. They're like, oh yeah, I'll create a character of my anger. So getting curious allows us to make it palpable, um, to begin a conversation with our anger and to start to understand the reason that anger is kind of rearing its head. Okay, anger, why are you there? What are you here to protect? Because most of the time when we're angry, the reason that we are feeling that feeling is because we're protecting something that's important to us, one of our values. You're getting messages from those feelings are like a GPS for the soul. They are sending you information, just like your thoughts send you information. And you're not, a, you're not enslaved by them. You don't have to follow the direction, but you can listen to the message. I think because we, and we have talked about this before, but I think because we are so used to reacting to our own anger and not responding or listening to it at all, uh, we have certain behaviors that we do and certain styles. And I thought we would do a little anger fashion show. All right, everybody, it's one of the most misunderstood emotions and a fabulous event rolled into one. It's the anger fashion show because people wear their anger differently. And who better to model it than our amazing angry supermodels? Hello, everybody. Once again, I'm Ed Krasnick, and I'm here with the first lady of the front of low, Brini Jane, a leader in the field of resilience, author of the New York Times bestseller, Superpowered Anger Transformation, Rini Jane. And Rini, it's a marvelous night for a mood dance. Okay, so people have different styles of anger, and I thought we'd show a few of them and get your comments on how people model their anger. Now this style is all the rage. Here's Jezebel and she's got a fierce business chic blazer set. And look out world, it's written all over her face. Looks like she's holding it in. What style of anger is that? And can you speak a little bit about it? She is definitely an any Ed. And what that means is she looks a little angry on the outside perhaps, but on the inside, she is a volcano about to explode. She feels extreme turmoil, but she just doesn't want the world to know how she feels. So she keeps it in. We call her an any. Here's our next model, Savannah. Very loud in a leopard print. This can be a warning uh, that you may want to yell at someone. It also works for blaming a waiter or your marital problems. What style of anger is that, that loud? We've got an Audi here. You always know how she feels or how he feels because 
they have no filter. Whatever is going on inside of them is being spewed out on the outside. So the yelling, the screaming, the resentful talk, all of that comes from the Audi. That's what we have there. That's the Audi. And finally, last but not least, Sydney wearing a floral print suit. This is bright and bouncy. And yet by the forced smile on her face, she is a human grenade waiting to blow. Don't pull that pin. What style of anger is that? This kind of thing here. Ooh, she is a <laughs> quashy. She runs away from it, hides from it, ignores it, just pretends like it doesn't exist. But really, she is a ticking time bomb. Thank you, anybody, for everybody, anybody, for watching the Anger Palooza fashion show right here on the Drift Out podcast with Ed Krasnick and Rainy Jane. We've said this in the past, but uh, you know, you you practice for basketball, you practice to get better at piano, you prepare for taking a trip, but people don't prepare for their for how to feel, how to deal with their anger, with their feelings and their thoughts, and especially when something is angry. And we don't think that we can rehearse it. And this is the thing: talking to your feelings, rehearsing it, practicing it, trying it out, is not only sane but extremely helpful and something that you can do anytime. And the best time to do it is not when you're having that experience. Actually try it another time. So I thought maybe we could do a role play, a quick role play, and maybe show um, some of the kinds of things that you could, that you could do. And, and let's do a common scenario uh, where uh, you'd be my mom, I'm a teen, I'm on my phone. You're trying to get me off the phone. I've been on the phone all day and I have to do homework, that kind of thing. And just we can we can put into play a couple of different things. Well, maybe we could maybe we could do twice. The first one is just how most people would respond and then we'll put in a tool. OK, so get off the phone, honey. It's time to go do homework. I'm scrolling. It's time to get off the phone and go do homework now. You give, do this every give, time. Give every time. A, give it to me. Every time. I'm not giving you my phone. I just got a text and I have to answer it. I'm you not giving you my phone. You don't have to give it phone. to me. I pay for it. I'm going to disconnect it. I go it's ahead. Easy. Try. Try. What are you doing in try. my room? It'll take first me one of all, second. what are you doing in my room? Yeah, you, you don't Again, knock until you come into a person's room. I, that's I'm how a you, person. That's how I raised you to talk to me like that. Okay. That is all too familiar. And that's how most people. <laughs> that was mean. That's how most people, most not at all. That's how most people uh, communicate in situations like that. What is a different way that we could do that? What's a different way to handle? Yeah, you know, clearly mom is triggered by whatever is going on um, and understandably, but there's, you know, lots of understandable things going on. But here's what happens is we get into these Groundhog Day situations where the same scene plays over and over again in our home, you know, day after day after day. So we have to make an intentional choice to show up differently. I have control over me, right? I have control over how I respond. Do I like that my child is on the phone? They're ignoring me. Maybe they're giving me attitude and I'm getting triggered by that. No, I don't like that. Am I resolving it in this moment? No. And I want to show up as the best version of myself in order to guide my kid, right? And not be, get out of the role of behavior police. I don't want that to be my role in every scene with my kids. Because eventually as a parent, our main job is to fire ourselves. You know, they're going to be out on their own eventually. And we want them to make good decisions for themselves. So I'm not going to be able to police everything anyway. 
all right, so I want to break the habit, basically, which requires me to take some space. Because if I don't take space, I'm just going to fall into the same habit of yelling and screaming. And then you saw how that scene played out. So let's try it again with a little bit of space. Eddie, it's time to do homework. Get off the phone. I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at some stuff. I got some stuff Eddie, on Instagram I have to check out. Eddie, Somebody's going to call me and text me soon. So I got to hang in there with this. We have this conversation all the time. Put it away. Put no. it away. No. Okay. I'm just going to walk over here. He is having a hard time with this rule. He's struggling. He's really struggling. This isn't about me. He's struggling. <sighs> okay, Eddie, I can see it's really hard for you to put that phone away. I'm going to help you do it, okay? Well, there's something I, I have to check out here. Somebody told me to check out something and then I'm, I gotta do it. Okay, I'm gonna put my hand on your hand because I know that this thing is hard for you to put away. And sometimes it's hard for me to put away, to be honest with you. Okay, ready? <laughs> hey, my hand's on your hand. Come on. Let's... Mom. I know. Um, really? Yeah, really. Are you going to be able to do your homework soon? Yeah, I'll do it in, I promise I'll do it in five minutes. Okay, let's, let's put this down. Guess what? I'm going to come back in five minutes. I trust that you're going to be able to put that away. I know you are. Okay. okay. You have power over that device, not the other way around. Okay. So that's, you know, th these situations are not going to go perfectly, of course, but what's changed is that you're, you're taking time, you're thinking about it and you're calming yourself before you interact. And I'm going to guess that your intention is different. I think there's an intention to connect with this kid, not an intention to shut him down and an intention on the goal so much. Yeah, I think there were several things going on. We all we tend to personalize the things that our kids are doing as if they're doing it to us rather than having their own struggle. And while, yeah, maybe sometimes they're trying to get back at us, you know, for whatever, 99% of the time they are struggling with the skill, you know, with the skill of transitioning into something, with the skill of putting down a very addictive device, you know, which a lot of adults struggle with as well. They're struggling with something. So the first thing I did was, you know, you can't see it on a podcast, but really to step away and create physical space so that I can create some mental space for myself. And literally, if you have to say the mantra out loud, you know, my child is struggling, they're struggling, this is a struggle for them, some version of that, as opposed to, you know, they're giving me a hard time, they're the ones having a hard time. And that just put me in the mindset, they're having a hard time, and I need to try to help them. And that and that allowed me to be more compassionate. Now, whether the actual technique of putting my hand on, you know, my child's hand or saying, I'm going to come back in five minutes, those can be, you can rotate things out, but the intention is different. The energy is different and your child will receive that guidance from you very differently than if you're just coming in, putting the smack down and taking the phone away. Um, now, I want to ask you about a project that you have a new project uh, called Teen Talks. And this is really interesting because you're using teens. <laughs> we are. So this is yet to be released, you know, so um, not out yet, but teens teaching teens about mental health. 
And uh, yeah, that's going to be coming out in within the next few months. So stay tuned for announcements on that. Uh, and that's really interesting because uh, what how can teens teach each other with teens? They're so used to being talked at uh, by other people who are older. And uh, what are you finding from seeing these kids actually connect with each other? How is it different? Well, they embrace teaching one another. You know, they've been lectured to or at for so long that they love to kind of step into that role and that power. And they're amazing teachers. They take what we know about mental health, about the research, and they make it relevant to their age group. Um, to, they make it contextually relevant. They make it engaging. And so, you know, and who better to listen to than one of your peers? How did you figure out that you could do that? And does that connect with how you, you know, with the, the arts, with how you express yourself? Yeah, I think that, you know, art can't be undervalued in teaching, that kids connect to it. It makes things stickier and it makes things more entertaining. And I know who knows this better than you, Ed? Why, when we're teaching something, does it have to be so serious? Why can't there be levity? You know, why can't there be just engagement? And so we teach through ways that are tried and true. Everybody loves a good cartoon. Everybody likes to laugh. So we roll up life skills into kind of short shorts, video shorts that are humorous. And you studied this. You and we always have to salute uh, Dr. Marty Seligman. <laughs> Um, because he's the king, he's the, the father of applied positive psychology, but you, 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 you were interested in the science part of it, and we're trying to figure out a way, how can I, you know, relate the science to people in a fun way, and also there's a Star Wars tie-in, right? <laughs> yes, um, so I studied at the University of Pennsylvania under Marty Seligman, I have a master's in applied positive psychology, which is often called the science of happiness. Um, and then in terms of Star Wars, yeah, when I was growing up, you know, it was, I loved Star Wars. I was a huge Star Wars fan. But one of the things I remember is just wanting to have a force shield around myself, you know, creating this sort of emotional force shield. So I wouldn't feel hurt because you know, I was worried a lot and my feelings would get hurt a lot. And so I just thought if I didn't feel anything, then I couldn't be hurt. Um, I was trying to kind of cut out the bad stuff, you know, the bad feelings, but it turns out that you just become emotionally numb. I didn't really know how to feel anymore after that. So yeah, that is my, my whole sort of <laughs> tie into emotions and Star Wars. And, and yeah, I hope that answered your question. It did answer my question. Before we go, I want to thank uh, I want to thank Jason Brown for, for all of this, for letting me be here, the founder of, uh, of Drip Drop, which is an app, an amazing app that teaches mental fitness for Gen Z. You get rewarded for learning these little mini courses, these little life upgrades. And they're not little, they're huge, but they take a very short amount of time and they're fun and interesting. And it's all on the Drip Drop app. Live long and prosper, everybody. Um, I'm Ed Krasnick. Thanks, Reen. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks, everyone.